You want me to start this show? Yeah, go ahead and start the show. Start it. Start the show now. Welcome to episode 92 of Tell Me Where to Turn. I am point break underscore Dave on Twitter. You can find me at Tommy2 underscore zero. You can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11. That was the most official sounding opening we've ever had. The yep. show can be found at Where to Turn Pod. I'd like to invite you, uh, you guys, to my yard for this episode. <laughs> now, I want you to be clear. I'm the big dog, and this is my yard. Are you a good guy or a bad guy? Or just the guy? <laughs> Do you have zero personality and no one likes you? I've had women tell me that before. <laughs> Are you from the same family as The Rock and that's the only reason you get pushed to the moon for the last five years? I woke up on a Wednesday this week and Roman Reigns was the universal champion still. It was the most surprised I've been since November of 2016. Yeah, well, and then that was short-lived, and then uh, later that day you found out Urban Meyer still had a job. <laughs> I wasn't very surprised by that. Actually, I wasn't either. I, 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 banked, some, uh, I banked some money on that. Oh, nice. Got, 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 uh, got a price, got odds on that deal. Just whether he would be fired yeah, or not? Yeah, just with another guy we play cards with. But he gave me five to one that he'd be fired, and I was like, he's not going to be fired. God. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's not... Go ahead and trivialize the Me Too movement. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wait for this. It's not whether he deserves. It just wasn't going to happen. I mean, how long did it take him to fire Bryles after that stuff broke? It was like a full season later, wasn't Hashtag it? Hashtag CAB. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have one listener that supports that movement, but <laughs> one listener and one host. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he got like a full season, if I'm remembering correctly, before they took any action against him. I know, but in the justice system, you don't want to rush to a conclusion. You want to let the process play out. This is America. Twitter is not the justice system, right? Because <laughs> they decide everything real quick on there. <laughs> Does this does this hurt recruiting, or can he still go in the living room and give the clear eyes, full heart speech? And he'll be fine. I heard they had Coach Taylor waiting in the wings if needed. <laughs> Man, they'd already already flown him up for a for a quick walkthrough. Could he pull that boosters? off if Kyle Chandler just played the role of Coach Taylor in front of those kids and at practice and stuff, and then he went home and just went back to normal normal guy. But when he walked in, he was just Coach Taylor. You might be onto something there. Like, why don't we have? Because here's the thing. It's like many things. Like, a lot of people don't have both sides of the equation, right? So you may have the really X's and O's genius coach, but he's not inspiring, right? He's not the leader. You're talking about Hugh Jackson? Or wait, he has neither part of those two. Uh, I don't think he has eyebrows either. But why don't they have that? Why don't they have like the the real like game planning coach and then like another guy that's just like he knows nothing about football, but he can get people to run through walls for him. He coached the Texas Rangers here for like five years. I don't know what you're talking about. We, we had a guy that was essentially illiterate, <laughs> but he could get you to focus on the fundamentals. I think that's a good point, though. And I think. 
that Coach Taylor might be able to pull it off because, you know, those 18 to 21-year-olds in that locker room have not seen Friday Night Lights. They don't have any idea who he is. No. They just make up that he coached in Dillon and East Dillon. Got Smash Williams into the league. (laughs) Yeah, and then he went to that private school in New Jersey at the end. Spoiler alert. Where I'm sure he amassed wow. several. So you pretty much titles. just ruined the last season. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. 2011. Well, sometimes you have to sell out and go to a school district where you're not having to build your own stadium. Still, uh, easily, uh, I think it's the worst episode of the, that entire series when they had to build their own field and stadium <laughs> for a, for like the state quarterfinal. Yeah. And tied for the best was every episode with Tyra in it. Yeah. <laughs> and also tied for the worst was every episode with Epic in it. A storyline that went nowhere. Yeah. She only had a few episodes, though, yeah. thankfully. Well, that's bottom three type <laughs> stuff. You, so. think, you think longtime listeners to this show are like really close to punching out as we're just <laughs> kind of venturing back down that trail? Next thing you know, it's going to be the, the music's playing and we're, we're doing a full segment. Not the worst idea. <laughs> Go back and we'll just watch him like memento style. Watch him in reverse. <laughs> As uh, Dylan gets less and less prosperous. Speaking of prosperous. Yeah, I'm here. That is, it's true. You're here. So you went on a bit of a uh, high end trip. I did. A big sky country. And before before we delve too deep into your trip, I just noticed on social media, people that I'm acquainted with, it seemed like the destination Pearl Jam trip was a big player for several people, not necessarily to Montana, but people went to Wrigley to see them, but all kind of in that same time span that you were traveling. I think at least three or four other people I'm acquainted with traveled to see Pearl Jam just like you did. So when did that become a thing to see a highly overrated band that's pretty much just a poor man's Stone Temple Pilots? How are they doing? Which guy from the Philippines did they get to, to front their band? <laughs> um, I, got, I got nothing. Yeah, they did uh, a couple shows recently in Seattle. They did the show in Montana, and then they go into Chicago and Boston. So yeah. it's it's the hometowns of all the... Guys in the band. And the tour, brief tour, is primarily to raise money for the homeless. It's kind of generic, but they raised apparently about $11 million so far. So I would venture to guess Seattle has one of the worst homeless problems in the U.S. due to the Ranjishi, which we've documented before on the oh, yeah. show. Right. I would venture to guess that the locale you chose probably has the least homeless problem of the four. I didn't see a whole lot of homeless in Missoula, Montana. A my, little bit, but not a lot. My guess is a city that skews towards being excru- excruciatingly cold in the winter and without the uh, the size and girth of a uh, robust public work system probably doesn't have a lot of homeless people. Yeah, it's, I mean, Missoula's a college town, too. So I mean, so what, what you're saying is homeless people don't go to college. No, and you're going to stick feel, with this. I feel pretty, <laughs> pretty safe. You're going to sign the screen on this. Yeah, one. even more with Urban Meyer not getting fired. It's not that <laughs> not that big of a surprise. 
that yeah, homeless people typically don't go to college. So Montana's a state I've always wanted to go to. I've been fascinated by it. Was it was it as intriguing as I'm making it out to be, or was it just like going to Grand Prairie or something? Um, no, I mean, there's plenty to do, you know, from the outdoors standpoint, be that, you know, several hiking opportunities, a um, little whitewater rafting, if you will. You can you can rent just like in Missoula. You can we didn't do this because we just didn't have time, but you can just rent or buy like an inner tube and basically just toss it in the river and just float the river like in and around town. I think you got to get out at a certain point, or I don't know where you end up. It's not like it just goes in a. It's not like the Devil's Bowl or anything like that. But we saw a lot of people. You end doing up that at the Rough Riders game, <laughs> floating yeah. through the outfield. You know, long, yeah. long beard. It's like three years later. That was worth it. Yeah, that those two lazy rivers connected. <laughs> what are the odds? But uh, yeah, it was. I loved it. Um, this time of year, I mean, July and August is probably the hottest time of the year there. Actually, the week before we were there, the high a few days before we got there was like 105. But while we were there, I don't think it got above 90. It was usually 80 or 85 in the afternoon, and it would get down to like 50 at night. So good weather. Perfect tubing weather. Could do could do whatever you wanted to, you know, activity-wise, inside or or out. And, uh, yeah, pretty good little trip. So was the accommodations that you guys secured all they were cracked up to be? They were not meager accommodations, if that's where you're... <laughs> was it some type of a lodge situation? Well, the the first night we were there, we stayed in a hotel in Missoula, and then the other nights we rented a house about forty five minutes south of town, which was yeah, I don't know, it's like a four or five bedroom house, five dudes shacking up in separate bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, so any fun outdoor activities around the house, or was that not the game plan? Um. We probably didn't spend as much time just hanging out at the house as we anticipated, but that was mainly because the activities we wanted to do, we had to drive either back towards Missoula, like we'd have to 30, 45 minutes when we went to the whitewater rafting trip, we had to go about an hour and 10 to get to the place we needed to go. So we were driving a lot more. So there wasn't a whole lot of, hey, let's just hang out here for a few hours type of thing. Now, is Montana the no-speed-limit state? I th- from what I was told, I think it used to be, but they did away with that. But the liberals got involved. But we got on a couple of the highways, and I can't remember if it was 80 or 85. So it's the limits are pretty high, but I don't, I don't think they have the highway where it's just just go for it, man. So other than whitewater rafting, where would you rank Pearl Jam and the things that occurred that weekend? Um, the whitewater rafting trip was pretty lit, as the kids say. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, Did you have to wear a helmet? Yeah. Have you ever done it before? No. It's not like that intense, but they make you wear a helmet just in case you get popped out of the boat. That's why I wouldn't do it. Uh, you would, man, would, have you done it? No, but I would. Okay, it's they. They will let a five-year-old. They would let your son on there. On the trip that we went on, you're not gonna. You're gonna be fine. 
Although my buddy that was sitting in front of me almost fell out, but only because the the, the other friend of mine who was across from him, you kind of have to lock like your foot and leg in underneath it a little bit. You have to dock with the raft. Well, he didn't. So when we went down this grade two or three rapid or whatever, it's you with all the yeah lingo. The the raft. are you like on rafting forums and stuff all the time now? Yeah, just making posts you, and you stuff. You can find me at raftflow at att.com. Um, the the raft kind of leaned one way and it caused him to shift over and he bumped my buddy and he like butt came off up off of it and kind of had to grab the raft to keep from dumping out and he's about six five two thirty so it would have been <laughs> so if he went over he wasn't getting back in uh, not not easily um but no it was fun so there was five of us and they they can fit maybe they can fit more but I mean. Full-grown adults, typically six people, can fit on there, and you have a guide that takes you. And they basically tell you when you need to, if both sides need to go, if one side needs to, you know, row forwards and the other side backwards to turn it. I mean, they tell you exactly. They tell you where to turn. You tell them you know all about that. I didn't mention that I had a podcast. I'm disappointed. So, How are we ever supposed to grow listenership outside of our I should have market area? I thought about it. If you're not out there spreading the word so the guide was a female hey now and she brought a friend <laughs> so you can see us at bangraft.com no but was she a student of one of the uh they were both graduate students at u of m as i like to call it now did you tell them you went to the university <laughs> <laughs> yeah i went to a school that didn't have a basketball team um <laughs> So what were they graduate students in? Raft um, guiding? No, uh, speech pathology. Well, hmm. I'd have jumped out of the raft. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you, so if you're a guide, you could just bring your friend with you. Apparently. Well, there was just she had to pay, but there was there was a group of only five, so the boat wasn't full. So I think she because you book we booked it a day ahead of time. So they, she knew she had one with five people. There was one space, so she called her friend and said, "I have for one." Well, this sounds like the like start of a Dateline mystery. <laughs> Funny <laughs> you mention that. We watched one of those yeah. during the trip, but I there's it five, would, it would there's take five guys in this raft, and uh, I just decided to go along, even though I didn't know any of them. So you start out and you go for a while, and you go through some you know rapids or whatever, and then it's just more you're just floating along for a while. So the guide wants to get. You know, wants to try to learn everybody's name first off. So if they have to give like quick instruction, they're not like, hey, hey, you, they can call you by name. Glenn, put your pants back on. Yeah, right. Um, stop jumping out yeah. in the raft. Um, stop but, holding your fingers up to your mouth in the V. <laughs> but they, uh, well, staring directly in my eyes. Um, so we'd already gone through that and, you know, kind of get to know each other type of thing. And then her friend actually just threw out, like, conversation topic. Like, if there was anything, any crazy stories from our youth, which immediately we didn't really think of anything. And then the only thing I could think of was, like, disturbing stuff. So, of course, I went to high school with a guy who killed his dad. Indeed. We'll, we'll circle back to that later. Oh, really? In a different part of the trip. Oh, no. You killed somebody? I played softball with a guy who was shot in the head by the cops, which we all did, actually. May he rest in peace. Yeah. R.I.P. 
I played peewee football in the third grade with a kid who died of cancer that was on my team. And I don't know, a bunch of other ones that we just, throughout the trip, we were just throwing out the, like, the darkest stuff ever, which they were disturbed, but also kind of thought it was funny. So anyway, that was a great, that was a great part of the trip for sure. We went hiking in different parts every day, which was cool. A couple of my buddies went uh, fly fishing while the other three of us went play a little golf. Oh, a little Montana golf. Yeah, at an extremely difficult course that the rough, I can't remember what exactly it was, like what type of grass or whatever, but it was, this is good for an audio medium, but it was about yay tall. Okay, so you're it's about waist deep. And if you hit more than, I wouldn't even say a foot, I would say just six inches, maybe at the most. Like it it was it was done. Like maybe you could just luck out and swing your club or kick your foot in there. If you had a general area where it was, you might find a ball, but it was pretty much gone. So since I hadn't played since the end of April, and also didn't we didn't warm up or anything before we went out there. Yeah, I sprayed about eight balls into the rough in the first three holes. Oh. And those aren't retrievable. No. It's going to be an interesting round for you. Actually, on the back nine, because one of the guys that went is actually pretty good, and the other two of us, we played best ball against him, like skins game yeah. style on the oh, back that's, nine. That's a good... And it, came, it, was, it was fun because it came down to the very last putt, which was me from about 50 feet out. Drained it? No. Oh. But it was like a downhill left to right, got to like swing it way out. And it, we were about four feet, mm. four feet to the right. We had a good line. It's not a bad line. There. It would have been a great moment, but alas, we did not win. So, uh, Pearl Jam show. Um, I mean, so at what point were there opening bands or just them? Just them. So you got there. How many songs in did you realize Pearl Jam ain't that great? <sighs> so they played for about three hours. I think I played 30 songs. Um, most, I mean, obviously most of them their own. That's a dumb statement. But they played... <laughs> Is it Jeremy just over and over again? No, I don't even really like that song. I was disappointed they played So they it. didn't cover a bunch of Matt and Kim songs is what you're no, saying. No, but they played three, four, probably five or six covers. And they did a couple songs that I, I guess Eddie Vedder just has some solo albums that I don't own. So they did a couple of of those. So you know, two thirds of the songs were actually original Pearl Jam stuff. Wall of Death. No Wall of Death. Um, were you guys the youngest people there? No. Was it like a cool venue of any kind, or was yes. it? Yes. Okay. So let me get to that. So it was at the University of Montana, their football stadium, which I want to go to a football game there because we were we were in the lower level i bet they have tickets available <laughs> yeah but we were at the top row of the lower level just to kind of paint the picture as best i can but even being 20 some odd rows up like you f- you felt like you were almost like on top of the field just the way the angles and every just the this the way that it's built so it seems like going to a football game there would be amazing and, and that's a there's nothing else in montana and their other sports, I think they're okay in basketball, but their other sports are basically nothing from what I'm told. So everybody is just bonkers about football there. Actually, I think it it wouldn't be difficult to get a ticket, but oh, I, just, be, I just assumed that was one of those uh, 
games you're watching on the Ocho and there's like they acted like it was a big deal there. I don't know. Was this the raft guide telling you this? <laughs> no. So is that the football stadium? I think the sound quality was fine. Open air. Obviously it's not That's a dome cool. or anything. Um but yeah, it was really it was a good venue. We got there a couple hours before, you know, the show started and kind of walk around and they had you know, the whole theme was like hashtag rock to vote. And let me assure you, they were only voting the way that NASCAR turns. Unless they're at uh, Watkins Glen. Yeah. But they weren't. They weren't at Watkins Glen or Sonoma. This was <laughs> this was uh, the Brickyard. As many left turns as you can have. Yeah. What, what a... I'm not up on my political. Is Montana usually a red or blue state? I have no idea. I think Montana's bright red. I have I have no idea. But not not but bright, not in the college demo. Right. Well, and not bright red enough to keep Pearl Jam from coming there. Right. Well, the the bass player went to college at U of M, so that's kind of the whole reason that they're that they stopped there. So we got there, and they had like this. That was the theme, and they have a bunch of you know they have bands playing on like a. Tra- like a tra- a flatbed trailer outside the football stadium just local bands and musicians food trucks set up obviously beer obviously. Obviously. How, how was the medical tent i i did not make it there and uh as we circle back to earlier in the podcast now we've we're probably about you know 45 minutes to an hour before we need to head in and we're just hanging out by one of the like trailers that they have parked there because it was in a shaded area, so we didn't have to just stand in the 90-degree sun. We're just standing there hanging out. And who walks in front of me in Montana at a Pearl Jam concert but the guy I went to high school with who killed his dad and <laughs> no did two years in prison. You saw that guy again? Why, Why was, was he in Montana? Was he vacationing? He, his wife's in-laws have like property in a cabin in Montana, like an hour away from there. Great place to hide a body. So they, they want to see Pearl Jam and that was easy. They had a place to stay. So they flew up earlier that day. Didn't kill anybody while he was there. No, no, no. What, first off, what are the odds that he's there? Let's calculate those really quickly. Yeah. and then, and then that you run into him. Secondly, we're just standing at a random spot and one just standing still in one part of the stadium. He just happens to walk by and we see him. And, and it's close enough that we see him and recognize him. And was there two way recognition? No, he was, I like, saw his profile. Now, once I started yelling his name out, then actually his wife nudged him and said, Is somebody saying your name? And then he turned around and saw all of us. But he knew, like, were there more than just you and your group that he would have known who they were? Yeah, yeah, we all went to school together. Oh, so everybody in the group knew him. Yeah. Third calculation of odds. What are the odds in a 25,000-seat football stadium that his tickets are in the same section as us? <laughs> That's really wild. So it's bizarre. During, so did he kind of look at your group, since you all went to school together, and it's like, huh, guess my invite got lost in the mail. Well... Would you want to share a house with a murderer? It's a fair point, but... It's a good title, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the the show itself, this is the fifth... 
fifth time, I think. Sorry, I've seen one, one more question okay, before, okay, we, okay. before we get, get off. Before we get off the murderer, he is legally allowed to be there. He's not escaping any type of jail or parole. Okay, so you didn't have to call the FBI when you saw him. No, so, nor would I have. And, so, and did on. they did the murder come up in your conversation with him? No. I've never talked to him about so it. So you had five drunk guys that all knew the story, and not one of them just decided to... No, because we're not dumb. He was our friend. Can I ask Until you... you turned your back on him when he murdered somebody. I didn't, I didn't turn my back on him. I didn't go to prison with him, but I didn't turn my back on him. You visit him in prison? You could visit people in prison? <laughs> <laughs> so, similar scenario, right? But instead of hanging out in the shade at a Pearl Jam concert... And you see him walk by. You're in Montana. You're on a hike. And you see him walk by dragging a very heavy trash bag. He could have killed a bear. <laughs> it's very possible. Then do you yell out his name or you just kind of <laughs> walk back into the bushes backwards? Do the Homer Simpson at that point? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the play. Okay, so anyway, it's the fifth time I've seen him. If I were to rank the concerts themselves... Out of the times I've seen, seen him. You've seen Pearl Jam five times? Yes. This would probably... what you could have done during all those yeah. wasted hours. This would probably rank either fourth or fifth. The set list was... Fastball's gone? No, they just didn't... There was a lot of the, you know, just the songs I personally wanted to hear that weren't on the set list. And they were on, like, every one of them, like the concerts <laughs> that before. because they're performed by different bands? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> But as long as I really want to hear totally different bands. <laughs> it's weird. I came here to see Oleander, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, for that that was the only disappointment of the show itself. And it wasn't I wasn't disappointed in general. It's just like little things that kind of stick with you. Because again, I'm getting old, they're getting older. Who's to say that I ever see them again? So yeah. while the last time I saw them five years ago in Dallas was the Best show I've ever seen of them, and maybe my favorite concert ever. This one was, yeah, I saw them in a cool place, and I'll leave it at that. But Jack, you had a you had a good trip. Yeah, it was probably the last fun thing before the era of the Roman yeah. Empire has started. Oh, <laughs> yes, I did get to briefly meet the the bassist from Pearl Jam at the airport on the way back. He was on your flight. No, he was flying to Chicago, and we had just walked through security. So they can't charter a jet. He was. Well, he's from there, so he was staying with, oh. I assume, family. He maybe like, the maybe the tour guide, <laughs> maybe so. Right, their friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just think, just a few a few out days earlier, you needed a six person on your raft, and you didn't meet him till afterwards. I know, <laughs> but he he walked through. He had TSA pre check, which we didn't. But we were waiting on the other two people in our group, and I saw him as he was grabbing his bag and stuff. But he was like from here you know to the other side of this room from me it's helpful on a podcast yeah it's not a very big room i'm offended by probably need to upgrade there but um i didn't really have time to like do the nudge and whatever because it would have been so blatantly obvious but by the time he started walking over my other two buddies when they saw him he saw them they had pearl jam shirts they got the concert on i didn't at the time you did get a shirt i did get one but i wasn't wearing it that day um, so he, and you could tell he was walking and over. He was just like, oh no. And he wasn't completely head down, but he was kind of head down and barely eyes up. And he just kind of looked over and kind of went, what's up guys? Like that. 
and moved on. We told him great show and blah blah blah. Yeah. And after he walked told off, it was it was probably the fourth or fifth best I've ever seen. That's you guys. what we were joking about. Was we said, hey, great show, blah blah. blah. I don't remember all we said. And he just said, thanks guys. And after he turned the corner, we were like, but about your set list, okay? I have all these suggestions. <laughs> And what's bad is there are people in the world that would absolutely do that to the There's poor no guy. There's no way I would ever do that. I'm not saying you. I'm saying there are people in the world that would not even think twice about doing that. Yeah. Not me, but uh, 17 and a half thumbs up on the trip, for sure. That's good. Sounds fun. It was good. Well, before we segue into the Roman Empire, which I know is why we're here Are you excited today. about this? Why are you doing a bit all of a sudden? Can I say yes? <laughs> you can say yes. No, but uh, I did have a, a hypothetical question I posed last week to you guys that I wanted to discuss before we get into the matter of the day. Are we are, are we going to discuss SummerSlam? Of course. Okay, but you want to do the other first? Yeah, we'll do the other first, and we'll okay. end with SummerSlam. Well, actually, we'll we'll run through SummerSlam, then we end with Raw. Uh, okay. A few interesting things. It's weird for a podcast we not even, about we wrestling. We didn't even talk about We're not a wrestling podcast, but right. but say, hey, say that you got in a real fight <laughs> and you had to you had to go to a wrestling finisher in the real fight and you needed it to be effective to incapacitate your opponent. Okay. So the other stipulation is this can't be a submission hold that we know works from UFC. This has to be... Yeah. I'm right This there has to you. be a move that would get you a one, two, three in the So ring. I can't pick the Rousey arm bar. No. Okay. On the double joint. No, but if you opponent. wanted to pick, like, say, the diamond cutter, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So I, I have given this more thought than both of you combined, and I have the correct answer. Are we are we doing submission holds or we're gonna do impact move? We're gonna do impact move first, we're gonna do submission hold second. Now the caveat for submission hold, and I didn't tell you this, so hopefully this doesn't screw you up. It can't be anything that involves choking someone. Because we know that's going to work. So you can't say the Cochita clutch because basically all that is is just choking somebody out. Okay, he already took one of mine. <laughs> but for impact moves, all right. See, I think in, in a real fight, and you and you you're actually trying to injure, hurt, incapacitate your opponent. What do you go with? It's clearly, the leg drop or the people's elbow. <laughs> But you got to make sure you have enough room to run and jump over them and <laughs> run back. the ropes. <laughs> what about the big elbow? Yeah, if you, if you can climb, climb up on something. Oh, we're going to assume for the sake of this argument that there is something you can climb on if needed. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know that. No, I, in all seriousness, you want to know the real one? Yeah. The scorpion death drop. Who does that? Well, Sting. Sting. Sting did it. Oh, he did? But it's basically you grab the guy like your your back would be to me. And I get your head, <laughs> like you're leaned back and your head's here and then you just drop and they land on the back of their head. Okay. So again, you've picked a move that's very difficult to execute. <laughs> yeah. You almost need the other person to be like, should I be here? Yeah. <laughs> should I be here? Every move is going to be that. What's no. yours? Let's hear it. I, I have the right answer. Well, should we do Glenn's first then? Well, see, first, I misunderstood. <laughs> I was distracted by finishing move, and I just jotted down from behind. <laughs> and then I realized this was a wrestling exercise. <laughs> it's um, at Glenn 3 underscore 11. So, I did think about this today. Okay. I waited till today to think about it. 
I'm just my glad f- you gave it some thought. My first inclination was a move where you kick someone in the face. That, I think that's NBC. I think you're on the right track. You're close to where I'm at. So, so the first, so like the Shawn Michaels super kick. So, okay, that's my, a good. That's my a good first one. one that I thought of immediately was Samoa Joe. But the problem with his is he kind of jumps and then lands. Mm-hmm. So what if you're fighting somebody in an alley? Like you might jump up and hit, kick him in the side of the face. But then if you land on the alley and like hit your right. head, right? You know, you're out. <laughs> yeah, it's a double DQ. It's Rocky too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I Shawn Michaels. As mm-hmm. I was looking through, I ran across that. I had that one. But the one that I think I settled on, and it, you know, there's more of a half-ass version with the universal title now, but I'm going with the Goldberg spear. (laughs) spear. I think that if you could do that, that sets you up very nicely. So we're not, we're not going with the styles clash. No, (laughs) I I couldn't think of a more complicated move to get somebody in than the styles clash. (laughs) That may be the hardest one to do in a real fight ever. Well, I think I think Glenn definitely put more effort into it than you did. Dude, I'm right. But I've got bad news. You're both wrong. Assuming that you're on a blacktop, you're having a fight in an alley. Whoa. <laughs> okay. The best move to go to is Seth Rollins' finisher, which is the stomp. The curb stomp. Be- American no. History X. The no. guy's down. You stomp what? on the back of their head and you smash their face in the ground. There's first, no better move than first. that. First... You've it, got work to do to get them in that position, and they're not going to be biting a curb. If we're going to do that, if you're going to go that far, the version of that move that you want is the Randy Orton, where he would punt them. He would just like field goal kick the side of their head when they were in like a crawling position. The stomp, you're never going to get like <laughs> like they're four. Three feet off the ground, and you're gonna like ride their head all the way. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> no, I, I'm, the, I'm not saying they have to be in the same position. They could be. They could be prone on the ground on their yeah, on their stomach, be on their back, and then you deliver that's, the stomp, and that that ends the fight. No one does that. Move, you might go though. to jail for that, but it ends the fight. What's the RKO? It's basically the diamond cutter. It's okay. Basically, yeah, the diamond cutter. <laughs> okay. So another thing that I looked up. Uh, and I found a list, and you guys can probably, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of these I was familiar, some not. If we have something to jump off of, does Bonsai drop? When it- what about the 10 most useless wrestling moves in a real fight? Number one. <laughs> the ear clap. The mandible claw. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Well, you're putting your hand in someone else's mouth. I'm not mouth. so sure, but think how uncomfortable that would be in a real well, it's fight. It's uncomfortable when you come back with two less fingers. Yeah, but man, the original Mankind had the protective sleeve that went over the two fingers. Stink face. Oh. Uh, also could be useful. Um, do, you know what, do you know what the stink face was? No. So there's this big fat, really big fat guy, like, and he wore basically also, also like, cousin of the rock. Yeah, he, he wore like a thong, uh, wrestling tights, uh, and he would get the guy where he was sitting on the ground, laying in the corner, and then he would just back his rear end right into his face, and then just leave it there. The worm. Yeah, the worm was bad. Yeah, the worm. The worm was uh, when you laid on the ground and did like the worm, and then you just did it all the way over to your opponent till you landed on him. <laughs> it probably is the most worthless move ever. Oh, that I would love to see that. Uh oh, tag team this partner is hit Dave Brian Christopher did that move. Yeah, indeed. pretty hard. The people's elbow, <laughs> one of the worst or the lamest. 
wrestling moves. It was the most electrifying <laughs> move in sports entertainment. The scissor kick. Yeah. The the broski boot or is it the broski boot? Broski. Broski boot. The rough rider. Oh gosh. That's when you basically get on their back and ride them like a bronco. <laughs> the cobra. Oh, San Martino Maria. Yeah. Do you, you know what that you know what the cobra is? It's a jab to your opponent's chest like it's, your no, hand. Like you you go like this and then you go like this and then you <laughs> go like this. You do. And there was a guy named Santino Morello that did the Cobra, and he would put on a green sock with eyes painted on it to look like the that's snake even before he did it. Dumb for wrestling. <laughs> and that's um, saying something. John Cena's five knuckle shuffle. I don't know how they got away with that. Uh, what is the Egyptian hypnosis? I don't know. I don't know that one. The worst wrestling move to use in a real fight. Has not as of yet been seen on WWE TV. All right, we'll have to watch this maybe offline. Is it the Cause it's gonna what's that guy's long. name? Joey Ryan. <laughs> what the where he grabs him with his wiener <laughs> yeah, and then flips him. I think this is very underground. <laughs> oh yes, this is this is terrible audio. We'll so, have to just watch it later. So do you have a submission hold? Yeah, because what are the caveats here? Because basically, I was just gonna say you take out anything of the choke category. Yeah, but essentially, every wrestling submission hold the person in a real fight would have to be completely unconscious. So here's what I'm going with. Tell me, tell me if you could if you could get behind this, especially if you had a somewhat of a size advantage. Okay, the camel clutch. You could hurt somebody with that. I agree. You can hurt yeah. somebody with the camel clutch. You, you can pull, hurt somebody pull, with the camel pull clutch. Pull back pretty hard. You can hurt somebody with the camel I clutch. I think, though, they would have to be pretty out of it for you to get it <laughs> in, cinched in. I think there's probably a way to do it without it being, like, so much... Like, the way Rusev does it, you know, where you, where you like, hook their arms way back yeah. and stuff. That, that might be a, un, uh, unrealistic, but... You you could get get on get somebody down, get on their back, and, and apply a camel clutch. You probably hurt them. So, basically, the Egyptian hypnosis... Is you just do like kind of the walk like an Egyptian little motion, <laughs> but in front of you, and then it hypnotizes your opponents, and they're like in a daze, and they just fall over. To steal a line from you from ninety seconds ago, that's dumb even for wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have, Dave? I think you might be able to get the Texas Clover Leaf on someone. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. If somebody was if somebody was conscious, there's no way. <laughs> I have nothing on submission holds. What about the figure think. eight? <laughs> I know somebody I'd like me to put the to put me in the figure eight. Can she deadlift a lot? Yeah. I was gonna say, you know, today is Wednesday, so that means it's the It's Woo Wednesday. Well, yeah, well that's the one week anniversary because I deadlift on Wednesday, so it's the one week anniversary of the last time I didn't deadlift more than Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Uh, she's. I think she's had more than dead lifted <laughs> recently. Well, you know, one of the things popped, and they she had to have a surgery. But I think while she was in there, she was like, you know, it's like when your car breaks down and you just take it to the dealer to get service, and then you end up leaving with like an entirely new car. <laughs> like, say you went in with like an F two fifty, and you left with an F three fifty. Yeah, <laughs> like that's kind of maybe what happened. Kind of where we're headed with that. She may have added an extra, extra hundo. So SummerSlam. Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. So we got some feedback on the finishing moves from 
listeners. So Tyler Horner tweeted at us that he just threw out really anything involving Socko. Hey, that's the minimal claw. Could be that's, useful. That is. Could yeah. be useful. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Because he used that. Okay. Um, and then Steve Perry had uh, emailed us, and we're having phone issues. Hold on. All right. This is entitled A Real Fight Finisher. And we're delaying here. He says, as you boys know, now get ready. All right. And I distance from this just after seeing the name of the wrestler. As you boys know, Bad News Brown employed the ghetto blaster as his finishing (laughs) move. Oh, yes. And if you can kick a person in the back of the head during a fight, you're probably going to win said fight, whether it's in the ring or not. And he included a video, and he thanked us for what we do to our bodies. He He's actually, he took this seriously. He did. He took it seriously, and I appreciate it. Bad news brown, huh? May he rest in peace. Oh, no. May he rest in peace. Did we get through a week this week where nobody in wrestling died? We caught a streak there. No, we had, um... No, that was longer ago. No, no, I think we did. I think we made yeah. it a week. We didn't have to have a touching think, tribute. Course, at the I mean, Roman Reigns winning the title may have killed the promotion. <laughs> it just, I was say, it just Dol- killed WWE. Dolph Ziggler's career is on life support suddenly. <laughs> uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. So first of all, have you guys ever been to a SummerSlam party where you had a PGA Tour professional cook you dinner? He has a PGA Tour professional? Yes. That guy is the head PGA professional at the club. Okay, so and he cooked you dinner. So I get over here. That's what happens. I arrive late and last as usual, <laughs> and TV's on here inside, but it's also on on out on the porch. Everybody's out there enjoying a nice drink, and I see something is being cooked somewhere. Yes, and this guy over here, Mister Two Point Underscore Zero, whatever his name is, yes, it's my home. Could not be happier that he's sitting at a table enjoying a nice cold beverage while a minority is cooking for him. A PGA Tour professional, mind you. That I didn't know that until now, but I was scared to ask why he was cooking for you. He just volunteered to do it? Yeah, he. I was, well, you know, at the club as we do. Oh, I spent a lot of time at the club and... He's happened like, to, I'll cook this if you never come back. happened to mention that he liked wrestling, and I said, well, hey, I'm having a little gathering for SummerSlam. And he's like, would you mind if I came over? And I said, no, it'd be fine. He's like, look, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take care of dinner if you let me come over to your house. And I said, okay. Wow. So the, the poor guy bought the meat and everything. Probably ate like $80 worth of fajitas. Did he take it with him, or did he leave Yeah, he here? did take some of it with him. Okay, because yeah. there was enough. There was a lot of leftovers. I enjoyed some yeah. for lunch the next day. Oh, well. I mean, there was plenty for several lunches. Yeah. But so thanks to him. Thanks to him for guy who for uh, yeah for uh, keeping the club lifestyle intact. So we started off with Zigzag Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins, and actually, so my wife was trying to she had never met the PGA professional, so he's in there cutting the meat, and she said, "Hey, so who's your favorite wrestler?" You know what he said? Dolph Ziggler. Did he really? <laughs> he did. <laughs> and she's like, "I'm not sure about that guy." <laughs> My wife hates his Dolph Ziggler's well, hair, hair issues. Yeah, she's, she's not pleased with his hair issues. But they put on a great match, which w- nobody Ma- match of the pay per view. Yeah, and for nobody sure. nobody expected less. Um, Rollins brought the returning Dean Ambrose to the ring. The lunatic, lunatic, the lunatic fringe. fringe. So, what do we think a new 
new Dean Ambrose. Looks like he's put on about 20 or 30 pounds of muscle from the old Dean Ambrose, I think. The haircut, a lot of people online have dubbed his new look as Weekend Dad <laughs> Dean Ambrose. <laughs> yeah, I think we need the hair to come back. Get back to the old Ambrose hair. Because I've only seen, he's been out for almost a year. Right? Almost. Yeah. So I wasn't watching it, but I knew who he was before and I'd seen, you know, clips and stuff like that. But he always had the hair grown out. It obviously looks better. Yeah. You know, for that. But I did find it I did find it odd that they gave him and McIntyre like basically full singles entrances, even though they weren't even technically supposed to be involved in the match other than just I guess managing. But Ambrose did save the day, delivered the DDT to McIntyre right before he could ruin the match. Mm-hmm. Dirty deeds. That's right. And we've got a new Intercontinental Champion, so I'm happy about this. That was a good development. Very strong development. I don't know, man. I thought they were getting the title off of him to put him in the main event picture. But now, we can see where that's going. Yeah, we'll get to that way later <laughs> on. Um, what else did we have of note? Or, of, or not of note. I know there was a uh, tag team match that I wasn't particularly interested in. Well, the New Day didn't go over. That was sad. And then we had yeah, we a women's match them. I wasn't particularly interested in. The triple? Yeah. Triple threat. Uh, I mean, it was all right. It was okay. Yeah, we got the Becky Lynch heel turn. It, it progressed the story. I think... I, 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 I'm going to predict that Charlotte's getting borderline close to getting the Roman treatment. Think so? I think people are about over it. We got some good conversation out of that. <laughs> we got the, hey, did you know that Charlotte Flair was in ESPN The Body magazine? <laughs> and Courtney Forbes. <laughs> I know he has that one. <laughs> you know he does. It's probably like frozen in carbonite, like Han Solo, <laughs> which is the reference you guys are fro- It's frozen in something. <laughs> he definitely has the John Forrest body <laughs> issue. <laughs> Oh my goodness! When uh we had, we had, the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey, oh so take the, the take the title off, sweet yeah. sweet Alexa Bliss broke her in half. So I didn't realize that she had a double jointed arm, but what a great visual that is! Yeah, that, that looks ugly. But apparently that, a, that she, that's just a gimmick she can do. It's that a was good a good, gimmick. Yeah, it was a good bit. So we had, and that match was. Nothing. It, Rousey just destroyed her. Yeah. I don't think Bliss got a single move on her. Which was very similar to the, the whole Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens thing. That the three-minute match. Yeah, that's been that was pointless. pumped up forever that, hey, watch out, because if Braun's not paying attention, he's going to lose the money in the bank. And he basically just went out and curb stomped <laughs> him. Well, it's because it's the best move available. Would we, uh, quick rewind, what do we think of the Rousey look? For her oh, winning the title debut. I think she always... She not, might need to go accompany Charlotte to a doctor visit. Well, <laughs> I'm not going that far, but not just... It's everything. It's the way that she or they make up her hair. It's the weird... Eye makeup. Way, eye makeup. I don't think her clothes ever fit. <laughs> it just looks awkward. You're just bothered by her adjusting her shorts so much. It's not just that. I mean, it looks like Everything is about to make an appearance at any moment. <laughs> Everything all the time. And I'm not, I'm kind of like, you know, it's okay, but I'm not really here for it. Like, I'm okay if it doesn't happen. 
Like Carmelo comes out, and I'm like, fingers crossed, guys. But her, I'm just like, you know, it's good. I'm okay. I'm all right. So that was kind of a letdown. I was really hopeful that they would stretch out her struggle to get the title yeah, yeah, they, a little more. They kind of they kind of blew whatever they had pretty fast there. They Between bringing her in, the very limited number of official matches she's had, and now she's already the champ, it's like, now where do you go? Exactly, because yeah. they've made her they've made her too strong. Yeah, and they've got her signed for years and years, so they're going to have to put her in some kind of a adversarial situation. I just don't see who it's going to be. Hmm. Unless she wants to get in the ring with our truth, <laughs> maybe that's what we need. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of AJ Styles versus Joe? I'm, match. I'm not a fan of Samoa See, Joe. See, I feel like I'm I'm the Samoa Joe fan club president of the show. Yeah, I I'm okay with him. Um I think he may still end up coming out of this thing the champ, honestly. Yeah. I think before this whole little program there ends done, I think he could I could clearly see him being the champ. Yeah, they're definitely setting something up there. Getting yeah. personal with the family mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Well, something that they do, and, and you haven't been watching as long as Dave and I have, but when they have a pay-per-view coming up like the next one, which is Hell in a Cell, which is basically based around cage and no disqualification matches, they sometimes have a lot of important matches suddenly end in disqualifications. I could see the Joe Styles in the cage yeah. coming up with Joe winning. Right. You know they 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 have these matches and they then they have a way to kind of blow it off with the uh, with the no DQ. I could see that working in Joe's favor. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryan and the Miz. That was pretty good. Yeah, I but, I, but I still very think, predictable. Yeah, I but, still think that this is part of this is just the very first oh, piece yeah. in a much longer arc. The eight months from now, yeah. you'll be doing this for like the. Maybe not the final time, but that'll be the yeah the climax of their rivalry. But you got to get you got to get Daniel Bryan down to where all the odds are stacked against him, and then yeah. all of a sudden the underdog comeback happens. So, yeah, I think that was a pretty predictable story. Still enjoyable though. Oh yeah, that she handed over the brass knuckles, dude. That the was Miz great. is a national treasure. It was very Saturday night local wrestling type of thing. Oh yeah. Of course, in the real old school, they would always, they would always get the brass knuckles, make a big production of putting them on, <laughs> yeah, hold them way up in the air, and then a lot of times they would have them reversed, so they're like holding it inside their fist, right? Which made no sense, right? Yeah, you could really hurt somebody with those if you if you mess up. That's but not a uh, the Miz did it well, and then got rid of the evidence. Oh yeah, great Class execution. Act. Yes, yeah, he's. Another level. I need to keep that guy around for a while. Yeah. He's got he's got something. So it gets us to the main event. Dave knows he's been to he's seen this live and in person before. I have seen Roman and Brock. So putting this match on last is a massive risk. Because the yeah. crowd, especially the New York crowd, they hate Brock, they hate Roman, and not not like hate in storyline, like they literally hate them. Mm-hmm. And and so instead of being energetic and trying to add to the match, they're basically trying to crap all over the match by doing stupid chants and doing the wave and throwing beach balls and just you know whatever they can do. So so this has happened. Like you this guys has watched happened. 
WrestleMania in New Orleans that I was there live for when the entire crowd was chanting NXT, the whole Rock right. Roman match. So this is a big risk. So they know going in, they, they have to do something to keep the crowd from turning on it. Because if they come out and start having a straight match, like I think it's gone immediately. Like oh, whatever. Yeah. The beach balls were getting aired up in yeah. the crowd. <laughs> Actually, funny side note. Um, I was listening to a podcast today that was... Well, actually, it's Wade Keller, who you know who he is, but mm-hmm. he was interviewing a guy that was there, like, and he was talking about what was happening in the stands, and he said that the security on Beach Ball Alert was like nothing he had ever seen before. Wow. <laughs> that they were searching people like inside their clothes for beach balls coming in, and then the one or two that did appear, like they had guards just descending on them as soon as they materialized. Like they were not going to stand. Vince was not going to stand for that at one of his signature events. But their booking was genius. Are it was genius. Yes, it was genius because before the match even starts, Braun, Braun's music plays and the crowd goes nuts because that's what everybody wanted to see anyway. Yeah. And I think it's what everybody expected too. Yes. But three, it, three weeks ago, I think we predicted it. Yes, but it happened in such a way that you didn't have to wait till the end of the match to find out if it was going to happen. Right. So he comes in and it, for a minute I'm like, Dude, they're going triple threat. This is going to be amazing. You're going to have like just three hosses in the ring. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> clear eyes, full hearts. <laughs> just a big old grunt fest out there. But no, he says he's going to stand right outside the ring. And when there's a winner in this match, he's going to cash in his money in the bank and fight them right then and there for the title, which is great. Now everyone's interested in the match. Yeah. So now I'm really predicting a quick finish to this, and I thought that they were just going to let Brock choke Roman out immediately. Like that's exactly where my mind went. I was well, like, it almost did. They're going to, yeah, they're going to screw Roman one more time. Yeah, because it started and Roman had the advantage right away, but then immediately, yeah, Lesnar had choke. him in a choke, yeah. and we and we thought this thing a minute and fifteen in is about to is about to be over. Yep. and it really was a duration wise, really wasn't a very long match. They they kind of went through their usual spots but roman was doing the dive out of the ring i guess brock moves that side side steps he takes out braun then they're battling outside the ring then brock decides to just to deliver the f5 on the floor picks up the bunny in the bank briefcase and just flings it now that was impressive that was from for, a yeah distant standpoint and an accuracy standpoint. That seems like a crowd safety issue because, yeah, if that handle's a little loose or you don't, you know, it slips out because you're sweaty, like, you could you could have really, like, taken somebody's head off. Dave, you ever thrown a metal briefcase before? <laughs> I haven't. I but mean, he threw that thing, he, like, 40 yards yeah, he straight. winged it straight up the aisle and off the, off the screen. And I didn't know this, Dave. You're the only one that watches wrestling close enough to know, but they say there's a rule that if the Money in the Bank briefcase touches the floor... That it's you it can't be cashed in during that time. Have you ever heard that? I haven't ever heard okay, that. Okay, I read I read an article today that said that was a rule. I have never heard that rule. But they said when Brock did that, it was essentially over. And I guess people that are really in tune with wrestling knew immediately once it hit the ramp. Huh? That no, that's I, it. I hadn't heard that. We may need to investigate that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, the I edge cash in. He slid into the ring with it. And it I think touched. as long as you're holding it, it's fine. I oh, think okay. if if you lose possession of it, and it touches the floor. Okay, we'll, All have right. to, we'll have to validate that. Good to know. But it was the ending of the show was weird because Roman wins, and then we're like, "All right, let's go." And then the little 
you know, copyright icon comes up on the screen and that's it. And they're telling you, yeah, table for threes next or whatever. And we're, we're yeah. kind of all going, well, wait a minute. I kind of, I mean, obviously Braun got taken out in the match. So I guess maybe that was to let us know that he wasn't going to come back and, and challenge at the end. But back to what we said in the beginning, just genius booking. They get everyone interested. And then at the end of the night, they get the title off Brock and they still kept braun with the money in the bank right. so they didn't essentially use up any of their cards and they got the belt on roman with the least possible crowd blowback ever imaginable yeah but boy it got stored up do you see the beginning of raw yeah they let him kids and he walks out with the title and it was booze from the rafters a chorus of booze they let him have it oh man i'm trying to think Watching Raw in its entirety, this was definitely the best ending to a Raw that I've I've ever seen before. Yeah, they're they they're stepping it up right now, and I think they've been getting a lot of deserved criticism for the show getting way too predictable and too monotonous. And they've they they they're pushing it this time because they they did something that I don't think anybody expected, or at least didn't expect in the way that it was done. Well, and. Yeah, he's going to defend the title. Roman is the very next night. And then it's announced. It's Balor Club coming out. I, this Tommy was pants off. I was like, shirt off yeah, in my house. Like I, was, said, like I said. Like, it was ready to go. There was a tent that was constructed above <laughs> my house. See, so you, you, guys, you guys thought the 130-pound uh, guy with the worst finisher in the business was going to take the title off Roman? You know, I he didn't almost did it. Yeah, I didn't when they first announced that the matchup was going to be. But then when eventually when we get to there, I was convinced on at least one or two occasions that this thing was ending. It was, was happening. And he was going to win. It was going to happen. And the crowd was way behind Balor. Oh, of course. Yeah. But the crowd was really into the match in general. And I think another thing that I this I this other podcast I listened to pointed out was they finally put Roman in a match with somebody that the crowd actually cares about because they, they've also been screwing him around, making him fight Brock and Bobby Lashley and people that everybody hates. And then they say, well, Roman gets no reaction. Well, then he gets in a match with somebody that they actually do care about. And the crowd was on fire the whole he's a time. Better, yeah, he's a better bad guy. Yeah, it was at great. At this point. Um, we did get, it was Dean Ambrose and... And Ziggler. Yeah. So I'm, I'm worried about Zigzag's Uh-oh. career traject- trajectory now. He had, a, he had his run this yeah, year. Yeah. He's been on his back clean <laughs> twice in 24 I, hours. I feel like they. Drew McIntyre is going to have to get more of a, they're gonna a have shot to, than what he's got. They're going to have to give him like a legitimate singles run at somebody. I, yeah. And I need to look this up because I haven't looked up like the full in arena accounts of dark matches and stuff. But I feel like he must be doing dark matches and they're just saving him for TV because he's wrestled like once yeah. in the last like six weeks, McIntyre. Right. Yeah. And he's always got his full his full trunks and everything on. Oh, he's yeah. ready to go. Because he'll be a Believe big me, attraction once go. they put him in a in a storyline somewhere. Uh, who did Lashley take on? It was that the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, Lashley. Yeah, he took the constable out. Yeah, yeah. he did. 
And then later in the show, Kurt Angle was told that uh, his services were not going to be needed he for a while. He was taking leave of absence. And the constable was appointed interim general manager right. of Raw, which is, I think I'm in for that, too. I am 100% in. We had an Elias appearance. Yeah. And going back to the podcast, they asked the guy, he hadn't said anything about Elias. They said, well, who got the biggest reaction in the arena? What was the, when did the arena get the loudest? And they're thinking he's going to say when the shield came out. And he's like, without question, it was Elias. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, really? And he's like, yeah. He goes, everybody in the crowd was just red hot yeah. for Elias. He's the best, man. And he's he was, is it? Kurt Hawkins? Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> I knew it was Hawkins, who's... O oh, and two hundred and nineteen. <laughs> o oh, and two twenty now, brother. Now. <laughs> yeah, that was great because he challenged him, and Elias just kind of looks at him and looks back, and he's like, "Fine, <laughs> let's let's do this." But I was worried they were going to have him lose. No, because it would have been pretty funny. And there was a there was a moment when he had him pinned with the with his yeah. pull down his tights, and I was like, "They're not really going to do this to Elias, are they?" I- and especially after they had his guitar break the night before. Which was hilarious. Like, what a funny, what a just a total non sequitur makes no sense. So great. And he just, at SummerSlam, he just got up and walked off. Yeah, he just goes to play a song and the guitar just breaks in half in his hands. And coming up in just a few weeks, we have the Super Show, right? Or oh, is yeah. it further out than that? In the one in Australia? Yeah. Because yeah. we had, yeah, the Triple H and Undertaker for the last time. Yeah. Have By you, the way, have you heard the match Elias is in in that? No. It makes very little sense. It's a ta- <laughs> Ruby Riot. It's a tag team match. Is it mixed? No. Oh. Where he'll be teaming with Kevin Owens, which is odd, to take on Lashley and John Cena. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes. Do, 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 so do, do. we're going to have Elias and Cena working together in Australia. But... I will say this, because you both know that I'm the biggest Triple H fan in the world, and saw him at the WrestleMania here, which was considered that might be his last match, ended up not being. And then when we into, I went to New Orleans, I was like, this is certainly it. Like, this is the last hurrah. Yeah. Lost and that one too, right? If he ends up now, you're gonna have to go to Australia. If he ends up making this match in Australia his last match, <laughs> and I've been trying to be there for his last one, I'm not going to Australia. I'm gonna be a little upset. Has he ever beaten the Undertaker? No. Triple H. Yeah, Undertaker's like the one guy he's never yeah, beat. Yeah, not no, not anything that was been televised for sure. But the rap on Triple H that all the internet people like to point out is because he's like. In leadership of the whole company. Yeah. Like they always say, like, oh, you know, he just puts himself over. It would be really funny if, like, the returning Undertaker, he just goes out and beats him clean. Just pedigrees him and pins Yeah, like three seconds. <laughs> I'm interested. We kind of a letdown. So, so end of Raw. And here, and here we go. Yeah, so here we go. So Finn and Roman. And they, they're putting on a heck of a match. And uh, there's, like you said, there are a couple couple of times and i'm like that's it oh my yeah. dreams have come true well i mean and it went both ways yeah ironically. oh yeah and he kicked out a kicked out balor kicked out a couple times by the way is it the super punch superman punch superman punch that's a terrible <laughs> one it'd be terrible in a real fight because if somebody ran and jumped <laughs> up in the air why wouldn't you just like move over <laughs> and even in wrestling it it just looks dumb 
I can't imagine how that's effective. You don't like the setup? No. So if you're in a real fight, you don't just put your hand on the ground and go, whoa. <laughs> no, that is really dumb. But yeah, I thought he had it won, and then as it went back and forth. Yeah. And well, where I really thought Balor had it won is so Reigns appears to be lining up to, for the spear, and it's a, at a point where it makes sense for him to win the match. Strowman's music hits. And Reigns gets distracted, and I'm yeah. like, he's getting beat right here. And then, of course, I'm assuming Reigns will then beat Balor immediately. And then that's a right. great that's a great angle for Balor because then he's been Universal Champion twice, but never longer than like you know minutes. Right. So there, there's all like everything I'm thinking. This is this is what's happening, but it ends up kind of being one of those situations where there's a, a close pinfall. They battle back and forth, and Reigns ends up getting the upper hand. So now Strowman comes in, and he's actually cashing in the money in the bank. Right. He hands it to the referee. The referee hands it to the announcer. They announce the match. But but they never rang the bell. They never rang the bell. So he hasn't lost his shot. No, so he still got that he still got it because before they can get the bell rung, here comes well, first the shield music hits. And here comes Ambrose and Rollins in their shield get up. Yeah. And then they just lay waste to Strowman. Now Strowman it briefly battles back. But they they're acting in very heelish bad guy behavior. So are they gonna just go ahead and say that all this goodwill that Rollins has is now gone because they just three on one, you know, the number one favorite guy of the company, right? Or does he get come out for a singles match next week like it never happened? So Balor didn't didn't help him, didn't help Braun. Did Balor like bump into the referee and get knocked down or something? He was doing his, his over-emphasized facial expressions in the <laughs> ring still. He was tr- still trying to sell that for like five minutes that he had been hit. He's yeah. the worst. But no, it was a cool ending to see the Shield reunion. They put Braun through the table. They did the triple Three shield fists. fist bump. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know I don't know what happens next week now. If they if they're just that makes them full fledged bad guys or if it, if they're gonna be like a... Just the crowd's going to be so excited they're all back together that it doesn't matter. You know, we did, speaking of Finn Balor, we did miss his match for SummerSlam because was that your fault or was that the internet's fault? Or? It's just a, it's just the stupid way that they have the network set up. But apparently the network was having problems. That wasn't our internet. That was the most watched SummerSlam ever, and they got overloaded a couple of times and there was buffering. So I thought I would be real smart and I would back out and go back in but we met and then i skipped this like 20 minutes into the future <laughs> if you're happen. gonna pull out you gotta leave it out that's all i'm saying yeah you go back in it's 20 go back, minutes later yeah. and it's too late you back in and then you're gonna get a text like i just got a minute ago but finn balor came out as the demon i've never seen that before no and we need to we need to go back and revisit that we need to go back and revisit demon balor all right it's cool when a wrestler has two different characters and neither of them are good 